for tuning in. This is episode number 137. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing. Now, you may be noticing uh, some difference in the sound quality, and that's because I'm transitioning from my wife's closet to my own closet. Um, And the acoustics are quite different. I'm actually... um, in the process of upgrading to some um, better equipment. So as that is be- soon to begin, I'm excited as to what that uh, will offer in terms of the sound and quality. Uh, but for now, as I'm transitioning, just having to kind of reconfigure uh, the layout. It's, it's pretty incredible how complex sound can be especially you know the dimensions of a room uh, the echo the way sound is absorbed and reflected it's something that i never really thought about to be honest um but i have an appreciation for that now so thanks for being patient as this may sound different than uh, usual but um i'm thankful for for what we've had so far and look forward to what's coming in the near future So in this episode, I want to um, go to a scripture, actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I have nothing, zero, prepared for this. And as I flipped through, what is it that I could, I guess, speak about or talk about in today's episode? I wanted to do something from some of Paul's writings and the in kind of inst- instructive church letters and uh, found myself here in 1 Corinthians. So chapter 3 is actually where we'll start and we'll just read and talk about it. Um, we'll see where it goes. So here we are. Uh, chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians. I'll be reading out of the NIV. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. So, right there, I think it's important to identify. This is actually a pretty critical part, and it will help us, I think, in our practical, everyday life. Paul is identifying brothers and sisters. This would be those who are are saved, Christians. However, notice he says, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. See, they are still in Christ, though, yet they are just infants. So, these people, there, there are, a, I guess, a wide spectrum of people in the faith, and they're in their particular place, or that's not a great word, in their particular journey, in their spiritual walk, um, 
to this church in Corinth, Paul is addressing a people who are only infants in Christ. Why are they infants? Because they cannot be addressed as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are worldly. So we could call these worldly Christians. Now, I think that helps us in our paradigm of people that we come in contact with in the church world. We, How many times do we come across people who would we would think, I guess, be identified as Christians, but they live a life less than. Paul says this same thing in, in, a, in essence. These people do not live by the Spirit, but are worldly. And they're only infants in Christ. Now, this is not, don't hear this and think that what I'm suggesting and what Paul is perhaps saying is that a person can remain worldly and an infant in Christ. When we think about in our you know, normal everyday life, when we see a baby, we look at it and we think, oh, that's cute and how sweet. And it's crying for its mother and it's needing to be fed and changed. And we think that's precious how sweet that is. But then fast forward some years later and you find a 12-year-old who is crying for uh, milk and needing to be changed. And we think there must be something wrong with that child. And so the same should be said of our Christian life, that there's a place and time where we are infants in Christ, but as we as we spend years with Christ in, in our journey with him, we are to grow and we are to mature. And if we aren't growing and maturing, then there is something wrong. And so there is a needed grace that we must um, administer or to, we must extend grace to those who are, who are infants in Christ. But there is a reality that shows us that there are infants in Christ. And perhaps these Christians in Christ are, in fact, to some degree, worldly. So I guess that helps us to maybe reset our expectations, not that we are deciders of of anything and judges of anything, but I, I guess this helps me to paint a more um, accurate perception of what I may encounter in my Christian journey. Okay. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Okay, how 
important is that for us in our day, in our churches? How important is that word? Paul makes it clear that when jealousy and quarreling is among us, we are worldly. That's a sobering word. If Don't think of anyone else. Think of yourself. Reach into your heart. Go through the halls of your mind and recall, do I exhibit jealousy, quarreling, this dissension among one another? Especially people in the faith, especially, as I'm pointing out, amongst one another in church, in our local gathering body. Paul says this is worldly. And it's important to realize that Paul says, I gave you milk, not solid food, because you are not ready for solid food. There is something to be experienced when we get out of this infancy. Not just milk, which is good and nourishing for the time and the moment, and it is appropriate, but rather there is solid food for us to get to enjoy. Now, milk provides a certain level of nutrition. It's adequate for the moment. But how much, in, think in your own life, how much more enjoyable is solid food? Foods of all kinds. It is uh, it's so much more wonderful than just a liquid diet of one substance. So, if we could mature in our faith, we could be partaking of food that would be more appropriate for our age. Not only does it provide perhaps a more varied nutrition, but it also provides us a, a, a bit of enjoyment. Think of how much more wonderful it is to eat steak than it is to drink milk, or perhaps eat chicken, than to drink milk. Not only is it nutritious, but it's enjoyable. How much more could we be accessing by way of enjoyment if we could, if we could mature as followers of Christ? He goes on to say, are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Now, we see this in increasing amounts in the church today. We have our particular people that we have an affinity to and we want to create our fan base or we have our cliques, if you will, in our churches. I follow this person. I look up to this person. Um, I believe without question this person and this I reject. It. Paul reminds us this is this is exemplifies fallen humanity. This is not 
life in the spirit. And this is infancy, this behavior. How important is it to grow up into who we are to be in Christ? Paul reminds us that that who are these individuals that you hold in such high esteem and reject others? They are just humans who, as the Lord assigns them to a task, they do it. Verse 6, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Do not, do not gawk at the person who plants the seed or the person who waters it. Uh, it's God who makes anything of value come from what we offer as a broken humanity. Yet, broken humanity, though redeemed in the fullness of God, it's it's so easy to remember our insufficiency and, and forget or neglect who we have become in Christ. So, don't lose either reality in your hands. The in the one hand, who are who are we, God, that you would be mindful of us? But then in the other hand, I am the righteousness of God through Christ. So keep hold of both of those realities simultaneously. Don't don't let loose of both of those realities because they help one keep us humble and grounded and then in the other hand they they bring us up to to more wonderful realities of um of who we are in Christ so remember whoever would be Christ's disciple let him deny himself carry his cross and follow me we are not to stay hanging on the cross. We are to follow him. So there is a beckoning of almost, if you will, a revelation, a John encounter. Come up here and I will show you what must take place. So keep both realities close to your heart. Verse 7. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We would do well to remember this. Nothing, nothing that we bring to the table because we're extraordinary, it's because we serve an extraordinary God who makes things grow from the little thing that we bring to the table. Remember when the disciples offered Jesus the little fish and loaves that they had, to feed the thousands of people. Jesus didn't bat an eye at the insufficiency of what what they had to offer. In fact, he was quickening them to say, what do you have? Search what is among you and, and present it to me. And Jesus takes that which is insufficient and he breathes on it and brings life about it. So, we we are we are insufficient but he is more than enough verse 8 the one who plants and the one who waters they have one purpose 
and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. God's building. <laughs> Think about that in not just the sense of God's building like, say, a storage building, a barn or such, but think of it also as you are God's active project. You are his tapestry in which he is constructing. That's a, that's a neat thing to think on. Verse 10, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now that's fascinating because this analogy that Paul is giving is a foundation is laid and we are to build upon it. Now then he clarifies what is it that we are building upon? Well, that is Jesus Christ. He is the, the, the foundation, and we are building upon that. Verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. What day is he speaking of? This would be the day, the return of the Lord, that day. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So each of us has an assignment, and each of us is to not relay a foundation. The foundation has been established. It is Jesus Christ. We are to build upon that foundation. We are to build upon Jesus. And... What we, what we create, what we, um, what we build, will be on the day evaluated, and that should be a very sobering word for us. What we create will be evaluated on that day, and it will be revealed the quality that has been established through your work. If it is burned up, if it is established as um, not enduring, then there will that builder, you and I, will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. I think about um, P. 
people who have had maybe ministries in the past and they have perhaps started out well and then went a course that has perhaps uh, left things being of wanting. I think we, each of us, them included, will encounter a moment, whether it is uh, before the, the end of their life or our life or even in the eternity to come when the return of the Lord, the, the, the quality, the lastingness will be revealed for that work. So I encourage you, uh, be considerate of other people's work. And we're not, we don't get to judge their work. It is the Lord who does that. And so despite their or your consciences being clear, it's the Lord who judges it. And so we ought to, to be careful trying to determine the value or the integrity of what someone is building. Uh, it's not our place to establish that. So I guess we'll leave this here at this point. Um, didn't get very far in the reading, but I pray that that was uh, encouraging and insightful. Um, if you have any questions or you would like particular um, scriptures explored, uh, please send me an email, the Bible study podcasts with an S at gmail.com. The uh, link is in the show description notes. So thank you for taking the time on joining me on this episode, and I thank you. We'll see you on the next one. God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for.